We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Work Less, Earn More. If you are new to the podcast, I want to start out by just explaining what the show is about. This show is about online business strategies, but it's from the lens of how can we earn the most possible in the least amount of time possible. Now, this isn't just because I don't want to spend much time in my business. It's because I can't. Personally, I am a mom of five kids, and I'm also my family's sole financial supporter. So that means that my time is quite divided, and my focus has to be divided between these two really important things— to take care of my family. So on the one hand, I am an online business owner and I need to make money to support my family. But on the other hand, I definitely want to have plenty of time to spend with my kids, to be the mom that I want to be. And for me, one of the things that includes is that I really want to homeschool my kids. So as you can imagine, that takes a lot of my time every week, leaving not very much time to focus on my business. And so ever since I started my online business, I've been on this mission to figure out how can I earn as much as possible while working as little as possible. Now, when I sit down to work, I work really hard and I try to be really efficient and focus on the most effective strategies. So that's what Work Less, Earn More is all about. And it's also kind of what I want to talk to you about today, as I do in every single episode. I want to talk to you first about three strategies that I tried when I started my online business that didn't work. And really, I'm going to go back even a little bit before my online business, because the first strategy that I tried that didn't work for me is running a local business. Now, of course, local businesses do work as a business strategy hundreds of thousands, millions of small businesses have proven that. But for me, as a mom, it didn't really work for me because I found running a local business to be quite time intensive. And especially as a new business owner who wasn't very effective at delegating and being more hands-off with my business, it really demanded so much of my time. And especially when I spent less time on the local business, which was a local music studio, the business wasn't nearly as profitable as it needed to be to support my family. So I ended up kind of feeling like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place where either my business felt like it was failing and just not bringing in enough money or else I was spending way too much time there and not spending time with my kids. So I ended up selling that business after running it for over 10 years. I started it before I had kids. Then after I had kids, I ended up selling it. So then that led me to my second business venture. It wasn't really my second because I tried a whole bunch of things along the way. But my second thing that I really want to highlight for you today that didn't work for me was affiliate marketing. Now, just like all of these strategies that I'm talking about today, affiliate marketing works great for some people. But as I got started with it, and just to give you a little perspective, if you're not familiar with affiliate marketing, this is where you promote other people's products. And if you successfully close sales for those products, then you earn a commission. Now, the biggest problem that I found with affiliate marketing is that you don't typically earn very much for each sale that you refer. 
And what that means is that you have to generate a lot of sales to earn a good living with affiliate marketing. Now, when I was starting out with my online business, I didn't have a big audience at all. In fact, at first I didn't have any audience at all. And even my network of friends and family tends to be quite on the small side. So I didn't have very many people to connect with to potentially buy these products that I was hawking. So I couldn't make very much money with it. And here's something that I've learned throughout my time as an entrepreneur. One of the hardest things to do is to close the sale. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be hard. Once you learn how to do it effectively, it can become a lot easier. But that is one of the main skills you have to learn. And at first, I would say that that is one of the things that is hardest for most people. So when you jump into affiliate marketing, there's kind of this promise that's made to you of this is an easy business model because all you have to do is make the sale. You don't have to create a product because the product is already made. And while that is true, I found that, like I said, that making the sale was the very hardest part. And so it's like, yes, I only have to do this one thing, but it's the one hardest thing. So it was really difficult for me and I struggled to make any money at it at all. Certainly not enough to support my family. And so I moved on to a third iteration of my business, and that was to sell services online. Now, just like with all these other strategies, selling services online, it obviously works. Plenty of people make great livings selling all sorts of different services online. To give you some perspective on what I was doing, I was really interested in digital marketing, as I have remained to this day. And so I was studying, you know, how to run Facebook ads and Google ads, as well as how to create websites, how to build email lists, all these different digital marketing skills. And because I was studying them and using them in my own businesses, I started having people reaching out to me and asking me to help them market their own businesses and to teach them what I know or to do it for them. Now, I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity to make some money, you know, which is what I'm trying to do here. Maybe this can be my business. So I started working for these different clients. Now, here's what I found. Because I didn't know how to position myself, the people who were reaching out to me and asking for help, they were tending to be the freeloaders. They were people who were hoping that because I was small, because I was inexperienced, because I didn't have a big audience yet, because I was an amateur, that I would be willing to do this for free or for really cheap. Now, something that I've learned throughout my years in business is that generally, the more money a client pays you, the higher of a value they put on your services or your product, and the better of a customer they tend to be. They tend to be a lot more satisfied with the product or the service that they buy from you. They tend to be a much easier customer. Now, that, of course, doesn't mean that there isn't a place to sell lower cost products and services. You need to be intentional about who you're marketing to and what your goals for your business are. But that is something that I know that I'm not the only person who has found that to be true, that the people who are looking for the deal, looking for the discount, looking for the cheap option tend to be the most needy types of customers. They really want to be getting the most for their money. And so they're very demanding of your time a lot of the time. So I think that it was mostly that that led me to really not like offering services. I found it to be quite taxing where I was having to spend a lot of time on a lot of, and I know that this is every, like the bane of every designer, especially, but a lot of like revisions of work or redoing work to make it suit the client's needs. Now, the other problem that I ran into that really led me to completely change my business was that as I was trying to solve this 
surface level issue for my clients where I was trying to maybe run Facebook ads for them, for example. And then they would be not getting the results that they wanted. And it wasn't that the ads weren't getting the impressions or the ads weren't getting the clicks or the ads weren't even necessarily getting the opt-ins, but the ads would drive people back to their website and their website didn't really communicate effectively what their business did. It didn't have very effective marketing messages or maybe the product wasn't very good. And so they weren't ultimately closing sales. And then they were turning around and putting that on me and saying that I was attracting the wrong leads for them. And so that was just like really frustrating. And I realized, you know, there's so much foundational work that we need to do on your business. We need to be working on creating these marketing messages. Well, starting with the offer, like creating an offer that there really is demand for, that people really want, then positioning it effectively with persuasive marketing messages. And part of that, of course, is deciding who this product is really for and positioning it to appeal to that market. And then when we are really clear on exactly who that market is, then we can go out there and try to find those people on Facebook or Google or wherever the platform is. And so there was just this huge project that needed to be done in their business, really overhauling their marketing from the ground up. But remember, these people were the freeloaders. These people were the discount seekers. And so they definitely did not want to pay for my time to have me help them do it. And they weren't really equipped to be able to handle that on their own. Now, I'm not necessarily saying they needed someone to do it for them. I think that they absolutely could have done it for themselves with just a little bit of training, a little bit of guidance. But because they were looking for that quick and easy, cheap route, they were neither willing to do the work themselves, nor were they willing to pay me to do the work for them. So Like I said, that is what really led me to completely do a 180 and change my business model. Now, at that point, I had realized that I loved digital marketing. I loved entrepreneurship. I loved business strategy. And so I didn't want to completely change my niche. I wanted to keep talking about those things and keep working in that industry. I found it so fascinating, especially love the psychology angle of it and I won't go on about that, but I wanted to stay with that niche, but I did not want to keep offering services. I think the thing that like was frustrating me the most was that I'm someone who tends to really put a lot of weight and find a lot of satisfaction and feel like satisfied, or I don't want to say like find my value as a person, but find my value in my work through the quality of my work through the results, like feeling like I do a good job is the thing that brings me the most satisfaction in my business. And so to be not able to get the results that my clients were really looking for for them, to be not able to get their satisfaction and their approval and them feeling happy about the investment that they made was really discouraging to me in that business. So I realized I want to teach people how to fix their businesses from the ground up to create a really solid foundation so that the marketing efforts that they later layer on, that they are putting effort into executing 
and or paying other people to execute for them can be wildly successful. And so that was when I really started writing consistently on my website, started posting videos on YouTube. And it also was when I took a step back from social media because I realized I wanted to create really substantial content. Again, like quality is really important to me. And it's the thing that really brings me satisfaction in my business, in my work, is feeling like I did a good job. So I would rather create less content and have it be phenomenal rather than just spreading myself all over and tweeting a million times a day, but having them be low quality, that sort of thing. So I decided to double down on a content business, an education business, and teach people, teach early stage entrepreneurs how to create solid businesses for themselves, the strategies that would lead them to successful marketing endeavors, and also those marketing strategies that are going to most effectively sell the products. And really, that's what led me to where I am today here on Work Less, Earn More, teaching people how to maximize their profits while minimizing their work efforts. That's only possible when you have that solid foundation. So at that point in my business, I switched and I started selling online courses instead of selling services or anything else. And the reason for this was that early desire to work less and earn more, right? I wanted to figure out how to earn passive income in my business so that I didn't have to be working one-on-one with clients and trading my hours for dollars, as they say. So I saw that online courses like really fit the bill. They were something that I could create one time and then sell for years afterwards. And they were something that was incredibly scalable. You know, you create it and then you can sell a million units of it without needing a warehouse, without having to pay a cost for each of those units that you sell, without needing more of your own time. And that is an incredible opportunity. But while online courses have and had incredible potential, the first few online courses that I created honestly were huge flops. They did not make me a single penny. And so the next thing that I want to talk about today is exactly why that was, like the three biggest mistakes that I made when it came to selling courses online and why my first courses didn't make me any money at all. So the first most foundational mistake that I made was that I did not validate my course ideas. So what I mean by that is that I came up with an idea for an online course, I created the course, and then I tried to to launch it into the world without doing any sort of market research or any sort of testing to figure out whether or not people actually wanted that course. And if they did want a course on that topic, what they wanted in a course on that topic. That was a huge mistake. Now, if you've ever read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, he talks a fair amount about this concept of validating a product idea. And one of the ways that he suggests doing it is by running Facebook ads to a product page. You don't even necessarily have the product in hand yet. Uh, It's just a page set up that is like a sales page for a product. In the book, he's talking about using it to sell a particular style of shirt. And then you can measure how many clicks you get and what the cost per click is and that sort of thing to compare different products to each other. Now, that used to work pretty well, but these days, ads have gotten a lot more expensive as more and more businesses have gotten online. And it can also be tough to tell whether there is truly a connection between people clicking on an ad and then actually being willing to pay the price that whatever you're asking for it is. So, For that reason, we realized that we needed to come up with a different strategy to validate online courses. 
I'll get more into that in a couple minutes here. But that was my first big mistake was I put in all the effort, all the time to create online courses and then launch them out into the world without any proof that people actually wanted them or wanted that version of them. Second big mistake that I made was that I was so focused on sales and selling when what I should have been focused on was listening with those first few launches. Again, like I didn't go out there and get the feedback before I created the course, but then when I launched the course to the world, I was just selling, selling, selling. It was me talking, talking, talking when what I needed to do was have my ears open. I needed to be having conversations with potential buyers instead of just trying to turn a potential buyer immediately into a sale. I needed to be just engaging with prospective customers, talking to them about what their goals were and what was stopping them from reaching those goals. So that was my second big mistake. Way too focused on sales. I just had my blinders on, wasn't focused on anything else. And then my third big mistake was that I did not have enough leads. So leads are prospective customers, basically. They are people who have discovered your business and they have connected with your business and they are interested in maybe buying your product. I did not have nearly enough visibility in my business. I did not have nearly enough leads. Knowing what I know now about what conversion rates are like online, I can see so clearly what the problem was. First of all, I was using mass marketing sales tactics. What I mean by that is things like email marketing or using webinars. And those strategies work great, but they tend to convert at anywhere between like 1% and 10%, depending on the quality of the strategies that you're using and the quality of that foundational work that you did. We're going to talk more about that in future episodes, but anywhere in the like 1% to 10% range. So what that means is if you have, say, 100 leads, then you might make between 1% and 10 sales. So for example, let's say you had 100 leads in a month, you might make 1% to 10 sales in that month. Now, I had a very small amount of even visibility. Visibility is just like people discovering your business. Maybe 100 people a month were discovering my business. So then that was turning into maybe five to 10 leads. So with that conversion metric I shared a moment ago, you know, one to 10% conversion, that is going to equate to maybe one sale, but probably more like zero sales. And that was per month. So these numbers were just way too small to turn into much of any income at all. But I didn't even realize it because I was so focused on the sales. I was kind of obsessed with, I was totally nerding out about sales funnels and sales tactics. And so I was just wondering like, why aren't people buying my products when I just needed to open my eyes and see that people weren't even seeing the sales tactics I was using. People weren't even going through my sales funnel. So of course they couldn't buy my product. So those were three of the biggest mistakes that I made. Let's talk about how I solved each of them. So first mistake was not validating the product idea. So instead of creating yet another course, investing all that time and effort into doing that whole process again, then launching it and hoping people would buy it, what I decided to do is just come up with several ideas of courses I might want to create and then announce that I was creating one of them and that it was up for pre-sale and then launch it to the public. Now, the first time I did this process, it was really like quick and dirty Obviously, I didn't have any sort of strategy I was really using for this. I was making it up as I went, but still the difference was phenomenal. 
I went from literally making zero sales of two of the three courses I'd launched before. And one of the courses I made just one or two sales to suddenly making over a dozen sales the first time I did that. Now, the other thing that I changed was I dramatically lowered the price. There is certainly a time and a place for premium prices. Premium prices can even make it easier to sell your products. But I needed to remove all the potential barriers to making this sale and just make it such an easy yes for people. I needed to give them something awesome for a low price that was an obvious yes, an obvious like a no questions asked ready to buy option. And so when I did that, immediately I was able to test one of my course ideas and make some sales. But then here's what I did. The next month I tested another course idea and the next month I tested another course idea. And I did that for five months so that I could actually do validation launches. That's what we call them today, validation launches and figure out which of these products people were most interested in buying. And that is what really enabled me to be able to move forward with a lot of confidence. Now I could spend a lot of time and effort making the course that I had found as a proven winner, a proven profitable product into an amazing course that was industry leading. Prior to testing out those different course ideas, I was unsure whether or not it was going to pan out. And so I knew that I shouldn't spend too much of my time on any one idea So it really just changed everything for me. It gave me sales, which gave me so much confidence. It taught me how to sell my products. And it also enabled me to be able to make the smart decision to invest more time into the winning product idea. Okay, so let me interrupt for just a minute to chat with you about 100K Mastermind. So 100K Mastermind is our group coaching program for course creators who want to scale their course to $100,000 per year. It's a 12-month group coaching program where we work with clients to scale their course using an automated sales funnel and an evergreen lead generation system. So in short, how this works is we have a very strategic and thorough curriculum that you follow along with to learn how to build your course. But it doesn't stop there because we want to make sure that you have all of the support you need to really get this done. So we pair every single 100K Mastermind client up with a one-on-one coach who they work with throughout the program. And then we also host group coaching sessions every week that you can attend as often as you need the extra support. Now, this program takes a lot of our team's capacity because we are working so closely with each of the clients in it. And so we run it just a couple of times per year. If you would like to get your name on the top of the list for our next cohort, then what you need to do is go to gillianperkins.com slash 100K. So that's just gillianperkins.com slash 100K. And on that page, you will find more details about the program, including information about our next start date and a button that will take you to the application form. And that is the next step to fill out the short application form. It'll probably take you five or 10 minutes if I'm being generous, just to tell us about the offer that you want to scale and about where you're at with your business right now. Then from there, our enrollment coordinator, Samantha Harris, We'll follow up with you to let you know whether or not it looks like you are a good fit for the program and to book a call to talk final details with you. If you are a course creator and your goal is to scale your course to six-figure success, then we would love to work with you. 
Head to gillianperkins.com slash 100K to submit your application today. Okay, the second mistake I talked about was that I was really focused on sales instead of listening. So what I did to solve this problem was I changed my mindset, really. And when I did these validation launches, instead of having my biggest goal be to make as many sales as possible, I decided to just view this as an experiment and see what happened. Go into it with a more curious mind. Suddenly, this just changed everything about how I was thinking about the process, and it enabled me to focus more on the people and the conversations and really open up my ears and listen to what the people were saying about each of these different product ideas. This was huge because not only did it mean that I learned so much more than I had with my previous failed launches, but it also meant that I was so much less stressed about these launches and got to enjoy the process so much more. Running my business was truly fun at that point instead of stressful. It enabled me to have an abundance mindset because there was so much to learn there and there was no way I could fail instead of this scarcity mindset where I felt like I was so desperate to make the sale because that was my biggest goal was to make some sales. Okay, then the third mistake I talked about was not having enough leads. So here's something that I learned a bit later on. Different sales conversion tactics have dramatically different conversion rates. So I mentioned a little while ago that those mass marketing tactics like email marketing and webinars tend to have somewhere in the range of like a one to 10% conversion rate. But most of the time, for most people, they are more like a 1% conversion rate. So that means for every 100 leads you get, you make one sale. Now, when your audience is super tiny, that obviously means that you can't make very much money at all. So what you need to do is you need to use completely different sales tactics. These are those direct connect tactics, okay? Direct connect promotion tactics. And what that means is that you are connecting with individuals and you are having sales conversations with them where you really get to know them, you get to learn from them. And the fun fact about this is that those direct connect tactics tend to close at anywhere between 10 and 50% and sometimes even higher. But I would say the most common conversion rate is right around like the 30% mark that we see there. So I'm sure you can see what a big difference this makes when your audience is super tiny. If you have, say, 10 leads, well, now that means you could make three sales instead of zero. Or if you have 100 leads, well, now that means you could make 30 sales. I mean, that right there could be, I mean, it could be your salary for the year. Or if your product is a lot cheaper, you know, that could be enough for the entire month. But if you were using those mass marketing tactics, then you're going to only see around one sale, you know, maybe as many as 10, but that's only if you've got everything just pixel perfect and you're using the exact right strategies to sell, then you might get that 10% conversion rate. You might make those 10 sales with every 100 leads, but that's pretty exceptional. So how I solved my problem of not having enough leads was not only getting strategic with my content and figuring out what sort of leveraged strategies I could use to start consistently generating leads, even with my small amount of visibility and to maximize my visibility. But also I shifted the sales tactics that I was using, switched to using those direct connect tactics. And now I was able to close a much higher percentage of my leads. So I didn't even need as many leads as I needed previously. 
So now that you understand how I solve these different problems that I was facing, these different challenges that I was facing, I want to take a moment to just talk about how much this means that you should not be following the industry leaders in your niche, whatever your niche is. Okay. So whatever niche you're in, we've all got someone, some brand, multiple brands that are just crushing it. Okay. And we see them getting so much visibility and traction on social media, getting so much attention and so much engagement, which is awesome, right? And then we see them maybe selling a product and we see how they do it. And here's the big problem that so many early stage entrepreneurs run into. They then try to copy those tactics because they think, okay, this is what the big name is doing. They must be doing it because it works. But they're are different strategies that work at different stages in business. And you really have to use the strategies that work for your stage in business. So think of whoever your industry leader is, like the biggest brand in your niche. If they tried to use those direct connect tactics and have a sales conversation with every single lead that they are trying to sell to, how would that work for them? Do you think they would be able to close more sales or less sales? If you think about it, the answer is less sales because they would not have the capacity to be able to have a sales conversation with every single person. And also a lot of the time as brands get bigger and bigger, they wind up selling lower and lower cost products. I mean, you see this even with premium price product companies. For example, Apple, as they've gotten bigger and bigger, they have made products available at prices that make them available to a wider audience. And that's because they have such clout now that everyone wants their products. And so they can capitalize on that really wide market that they have. But when you are starting out and you have a small audience, you can generally make the most money by selling higher priced products and keeping your products at those premium with that premium positioning. Now, I just want to clarify here. I was talking about selling products at lower prices when you're starting out and Keep in mind that that was not to maximize profit. If you are first selling your products, which is what we recommend in Validate and in 100K Mastermind, that when you first start out, that you do offer your products at lower prices, but that is for testing purposes. That is to get your first few sales to prove that there is demand for your idea. And because it is always more comfortable to raise your prices over time rather than lower them. It's okay to, in the future, come out with a cheaper product, but if you lower the price of your existing products, this tends to make your former customers unhappy because they feel like they got ripped off because they paid more in the past and now the product is available for cheaper. Okay, that's a little bit of a side tangent here, but the main thing I want to communicate here is that when you are selling at a small scale, you need to be selling higher priced products. You need to be using those direct connect sales tactics, having those sales conversations. The industry leaders do not choose to do that because that would make them less money with their larger audiences where they can capitalize on a wider market selling lower cost products. But with your small audience, the most strategic thing for you to do is to sell higher priced products with more direct promotional tactics like the direct connect tactics we teach in Validate and 100K Mastermind. And so that's why sometimes I talk about like, don't just copy what works for the gurus. Instead, make sure you're using the right strategies for your stage in business. 
Okay, so as you're thinking about how to apply this to your business, the first thing you'll want to make sure you do is to start with a validation launch. You need to go into it with a curious mind. You need to go into it exploring and doing an experiment to figure out, do people want this product that you're trying to sell? This is especially important if you've already tried to sell your product and you've had trouble doing so. It can make you kind of start to get a little bit desperate. You want that sale so bad. So instead, we need to go back to basics and just start exploring and do a really simple launch where we are focused mainly on having conversations with leads, but where we're also putting in a big effort to make sure that we can have conversations with enough leads, which as a happy accident of the process tends to lead to plenty of sales to validate the idea if there is demand for it. Okay, so make sure you start with that validation launch. Second step that I would highly recommend to you is that once you have a profitable product, once you have a product that you have successfully easily won at least 10 sales for, or if it's a much higher priced product, at least three sales for, then set up a 100K funnel. So a 100K funnel is the proprietary term that I use to describe a high converting automated funnel built with a specific setup. Okay, so that got nerdy fast, but here's what I mean by that. We want an automated sales process that converts leads into buyers without you having to talk to them one-on-one so that you can easily scale. Now, I have a specific configuration of an automated sales funnel that I have designed. It's the design that we have found to convert at the very highest rates. And it also is a really simple setup. And it is something that I love about it is that the entire thing is designed to be really win-win so that it both maximizes your profits while at the same time being a really positive experience for your leads to go through. Now, this is really important to me, both because I think it's the right thing to do, but also because most leads, 90 plus percent of your leads, are not going to buy the first time you sell to them. Now, that doesn't mean that they're saying no forever. It just means that now is not quite the right time for them to buy. If you have a sales process that is really pushy, let's say, really salesy, really over the top and exhausts your leads, then yes, you might get a higher conversion rate on your initial launch. Maybe instead of getting a 5% conversion rate, maybe you get a 10% conversion rate or a 15% conversion rate. It definitely could double your initial results. But All of the leads who said no, who chose to not buy your product, are going to be really turned off by that and are not going to be interested in continuing to learn from you or continuing to stay subscribed to your email list or keep watching your videos or listening to your podcast because now all your content had gotten so salesy and it was a turnoff. So we need to make sure that the sales experience is a really positive one and that people actually enjoy going through it. I remember a few years ago, I was working with a copywriter who was writing some sales emails for me. And I told her that one of my goals for these sales emails was that people actually enjoyed going through the sales experience, that they found it to be a positive experience and that they got value out of it. I wanted them to be happy that it had happened to them and not be like, Gillian, you know, why is she sending me all these sales emails and unsubscribe, right? 
So I'm sure that you can understand where I'm coming from this and why this is so important to me. And so one of the main aspects of the 100K funnel is that the sales pitches are really short and sweet and really value adding. They're very educational. They are uplifting and inspirational. And that is a priority for us. So the basic components of this is we've got two email sequences. They're both fairly short. Um, The first one is introducing them to a sales presentation, like a webinar, and you send those emails over the course of about a week. Then you have the video, which is typically like a webinar or a workshop. And then you have a second email sequence. This one is even shorter. It's only 72 hours long. And both of them are very educational, very value adding. And so really this entire funnel is made up of basically two email sequences and one video. Now, there are additional emails you can add into this to layer on additional evergreen launches, additional automated launches to maximize your revenue. And I don't have time right now. And I would need to like share my computer screen with you to show you how all this works. But we use these triggers inside the email marketing software so that it's only when someone has triggered one of these indicators that they are interested in the product again, or they're interested in buying that they get a follow up sale sequence. Now, I guess I should have explained before I got into all of this that this solves another problem that a lot of people run into, which is so many people are trying to decide between should I live launch my product or should I have the product available to purchase all the time? Now, the reason why people debate between those two things is because we tend to see higher conversion rates with live launches because there is a deadline. That's one of the main reasons. There's a deadline. And so people want to buy now because they fear that they will miss out on being able to buy the product if they don't buy before the cart closes, before the sale or the promotion is over. But if you leave your product available all the time, people don't have that same pressure. They don't feel that same urgency to buy. And so a lot of the time they think, oh, maybe later, and then they forget all about it or they find a different solution. But the problem is that if you do just the open close, the live launching, it can be really taxing on you as the, the business owner and demand a lot of your time. It's not really a work less, earn more type strategy. And it means that you might be missing out on sales from people who want to buy when your product is not available. It's not being offered for sale. So we've got kind of this rock in this hard place, these two not so great options. And so what the 100K funnel really does, especially the way we have it set up with these triggers in it, is that it sells to people right after they indicate that they are interested in buying the product. So right after they've joined the waitlist for your product or signed up for your webinar or something like that. So shortly after they get the opportunity to buy while they are a hot lead. But it is designed so that there is a custom deadline for them. So it's like you're creating this personalized sales experience for every single customer who goes through your funnel, every single lead that comes into your business. It's like when you go into a high-end boutique and then you have this like personalized shopping experience where someone sells to you right then exactly what you want. Well, kind of like that, except you're doing it for your online business customers. So they come into your business, they're interested in buying, and you're like, okay, let me show you what we've got. And just for you, for the next 72 hours, this product is available. And that is when the enrollment window is just for you. 
So that really gives them the best experience that you could offer them while at the same time maximizing your profit because that gives them that deadline that they need to be able to make that decision in a timely fashion. So that's just another way that the 100K funnel is really win-win. Okay, so you've got your funnel built. The final step to avoid my final mistake is to make sure that you create an evergreen lead generation system that you pair with your funnel, okay? A lot of people know about automated sales funnels. For a lot of people, they don't work very well, but you could build a a one that works really well. You could build a 100K funnel, but it's not going to make you any money if you don't have leads flowing through it. You need people to be opting into your funnel, flowing into the top of the funnel so that they can go through the sales process and choose to purchase the product, right? So we need this traffic, Well, what a lot of people do is they build an automated funnel, but then they spend all their time marketing their business and trying to get the visibility that they need to get that traffic, to get those leads. And it's quite a hustle. It really can be quite a hustle and it can make you wind up on the content hamster wheel. I don't do live streams very often because I focus on evergreen content in my business. I focus on creating videos that live on YouTube for years and keep sending leads into my business so that my business growth can snowball. It can grow higher and higher every single month without me necessarily having to do more work. When I do more work, when I add more fuel to that fire, well, then that's what really grows my business. But my business continues to earn money every month, even if I don't do that because of the evergreen content that I've put out into the world. Those videos on YouTube, podcast episodes, articles on my website. It's very different from the content that we see on threads or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, where the shelf life of it is so, so short. And so this is why it's so important that you don't just stop at building an automated sales funnel, but that you also create an evergreen lead generation system of content of partnerships with other brands that will continue to promote your opt-in offers, continue to drive those leads into your funnel so that you can make those sales consistently every month. And that's really what took my brand from struggling to even have a successful launch to once I finally had some successful launches, then I took the assets that we used for those launches. I set them up as an evergreen funnel. And now with the evergreen traffic systems set up, my business creates passive income month after month after month, thousands of dollars of passive income. I can stop working today and my business won't keep growing, but it will keep producing income. It will keep supporting my family every single month without me having to do anything. Okay, so if you truly want to make passive income with your business, make sure that you do these three steps. First, that you start with a first successful launch, a validation launch focused on learning, focused on discerning that there is demand for your products. Second, that you set up a high converting automated funnel, such as our 100K funnels. And I highly encourage you to set up a really win-win experience where the customers love going through it. They love how you're selling to them. And it also converts at a really high rate. And then third, you set up an evergreen lead generation system that fuels your funnel with ready-to-buy leads day after day after day so that your income from your online course can be truly consistent. If you guys are interested in learning how we could work together to install a system like this in your business, then send me a DM on Instagram at Gillian Z Perkins. You can DM me the word funnel and we can talk about what next steps would look like to make that happen. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I'll be back soon with another episode. And until then, I hope that you are very well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins. And until next week, stay focused and take action.